Good afternoon, everyone, and good morning to those in the West. Today, it's going to be extremely valuable session, and not just valuable, but extremely exciting as we talk about what's going to happen next. Because we have got Shamin who will be joining us, but before we, you know, hear her, I just want to highlight she's also known as Bitcoin Madame, right? And NFT. Whisperer, as for her, you know, a profile that I've received. She's an OG NFT art collector. Wow, writer, metaverse, and NFT strategic advisor. Woo! So many entrepreneurs were listening to us today. And very important, her vision is to make Web3 NFT and the metaverse more inclusive, right? And she has been not just started a year ago. She has been into this thing for last many years, and she also co-founded a DAO called Women of Crypto Art. Whoa, and we have a very big community event that is also happening on art in, in partnership with Amon called Artanity. So, you know, hear more about this. And one more thing that I particularly would like to highlight about Shaman, she is also the author of Confessions of a Crypto Art Collector. Well, with that, can we have Sharmin Shot on the stage, please, with us? Hello. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Sharmin, it was... You know, just reading about what you have done and your experience is so exciting. Thank you so much for giving us the time and sharing your insights with the, you know, community that are looking at us right now. Well, it's great to be here. I'm delighted to speak today among so many amazing other speakers. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I would just go directly into what I want to ask you, actually. You know, so Web3 is changing games in business in many aspects, right? We all know. Do you think it's going in the right direction? And you would be the right person to talk about it because you have been part of the Web3 from the initial days. Over to you, Shamin. Yeah, well, yes and no is the answer. So I believe that Web3 should be an open and decentralized community with equal opportunities and space for everyone. But I found that there are some challenges for women and underrepresented groups. So I'm currently writing a white paper to look at the challenges and opportunities to lower, lower the entry barriers into the metaverse. For example, we're tired of people being bullied for their colour or their sexual orientation. We're tired of women avatars in computer games being either sexualized or minor characters. And our calls for accessibility for people with disabilities are being ignored. So an example of this is one of my first metaverse experiences back in 2019. I was invited to a round table discussing how we could encourage more women to use a particular metaverse. But when I tried to join the conversation on the web browser, the only avatar available was the default white male. So I contacted the platform and I said, how do I select a female avatar? And I was told there wasn't one. Oh. So the platform owner wanted more women users, but they didn't see it as a priority to give women or people of color their own identity. 
So can you imagine a bunch of women standing around in the metaverse looking like men? It was no. like a chicken and egg situation. How can you attract people to use your metaverse if you're not willing to cater for their needs and their identity? Um, so we, we need to create a metaverse that empowers everyone and it gives everyone equal access and respect. So one of the key things here is the digital identities. Yeah. So if you take, for example, LGBTQIA plus people, the metaverse opens up a world of possibilities yeah. for us to choose how we want to be seen and to design who we really are, not what society decides we are based on our appearance. So we want safe spaces where, say, non-binary people, transgender people, gender fluid people could feel safe and accepted to be their authentic self as part of a like-minded community. And Paula was talking about fashion um, so the default choices for clothes and accessories in some metaverse platforms is currently quite limited. Um, you have to choose either a, a male avatar or a female avatar, and you have to have either the, the sort of baggy male t-shirt or the fitted female t-shirt. And, you know, so we need to think about categorizing avatars clothing and objects not as male and female but mm. as things like masculine feminine gender neutral we also need to do things like allowing people to display their preferred pronouns um, with their um, username another area which is kind of lacking is people with disabilities or differently abled people there's 1.2 billion people with disabilities, right? So collectively, they make up the largest minority. And the metaverse can empower these people to create an equal footing with everyone else. But we need to consider their additional requirements when we're designing the metaverse. So disabled populations were some of the earliest adopters of extended reality technology like Oculus Quest. Absolutely. Yeah, and wheelchair users can use these VR headsets either in the static mode or they can set them to react if the wheelchair moves. And a lot yeah. of disabled people say it gives them a great sense of freedom and pain relief. Um, so we need to make sure that we're including their requirements when we're building our metaverse platforms um, because we all know that things work better when they're designed for accessibility from the totally. start. And none of this is really new. It's this, the same problems we've had in Web 2. So yeah. accessibility covers things like um, having alternative text on images, not having unclear controls, dealing with people with colour blindness, so they can't tell the difference between hit the red button for yes, hit the green button for no, 
So there's all sorts of ways that we can just think about um, including people when we're setting up our metaverse. No, it, it's very important. You talked about digital identity. You know, in one of the survey, and probably it is also posted online by various consulting companies as well. 70% of the survey, you know, uh, people who attended the survey said that their digital identity is more important than their physical identity. And that's a very powerful statement because as we look at, you know, your, your display profile fix on any of the social media platforms, whether it's WhatsApp or you know, even your profile pictures on your mobile phones and everything. Well, we would like them to look amazing. You know, who's, howsoever we look, what our color is, what our height is or shape is, but the display photo should look great. And now as we move towards moving on to very interoperable metaverses and platforms, I think your digital identity will become more important than, you know, what you actually do in your real life. And that's exactly what I feel metaverse can actually add a lot more value to putting your digital identity in a much better way than you know how these current traditional platforms can do. And second point that you also very, I think, crisply highlighted about um, you know, the, the whole community of people who are differently abled. Well, I think Metaverse is like Nirvana for them because the kind of experience they can get from here is out of the world. Exactly the Metaverse, as we say. I had someone, a friend of mine, and she is somehow not able to walk for last four, four and a half years now, right? And I know that she attended an event happening in Paris, you know, by joining in the metaverse. And she said that's one of the best ever experiences she has ever had after she could not walk for last four, four and a half years or so. And that's where the real value or utility of metaverses is. And I'm very thrilled to know that 1.2 billion is the community of such you know uh, people who need help but so far we were just seeing them as you know okay that's all we can offer with metaverse it opens up a complete different opportunity for clients to see how they can make it more inclusive right and i i i, I would love to know about you know etaverse because i know you guys are helping brands creating you know how it should be marketed how it should be built and in India, Armand is also doing the similar stuff, but you would love to know about the different strategies that you guys are proposing to your clients or uh, your clients are using when they think of building metaverses, building Web 3.0 experiences or anything in this ecosystem. Yeah, so um, Etaverse offers blockchain and metaverse education and consultancy because a lot of big brands they've heard of the metaverse but they don't really understand what it is or what it can do for them so i would go along um, and give them education and some examples of use cases um, things like nfts if if you've got you want to build up brand loyalty so i speak to people like car manufacturers and say that there's so many use cases from um, the documentation um, on the blockchain and um, you know giving sort of tickets and uh, sort of preferential treatment to your loyal customers and things like that. Metaverse car showrooms, virtual experiences, autonomous cars. There's so much um, that can be built and tested in the metaverse. 
things like uh, if you wanted to do um, training for your staff on um, dangerous heavy machinery that was, that was maybe used in the manufacturing process, you know, you, you've got to think about health and safety. So instead of teaching them with the, the genuine uh, equipment first, you could do a simulation in the metaverse and, and give them training to say, right, now you've passed that sort of online test, you can be let loose on this big piece of heavy machinery. And there's just so many different use cases um, that they can use, things like you know vehicle registration, um, right through to MOTs, servicing, change of ownership, because yes. NFTs give you that sort of authenticity. Yeah. You know that a car's not been stolen um, yeah. and that it's got the genuine manufacturer's parts when it's been repaired. Oh, there's a world out there. And I, and I think that the manufacturers and businesses, they are waking up to it, but they just don't know how to go about it. So, so we can help them with that. Um, we also do um, marketing. We write strategies for NFT projects. So my partner, uh, Laura Bolianos, she is a marketing guru. So I'm the expert on the NFT Web3 side. And she is like bringing Web2 marketing into Web3, um, which, as we know, in Web2, you had customers. But yeah. in Web3, you have community. Communities. And it's a very different approach to building up your brand and getting people to invest in your product. So we, we make quite a good team and we, we help people with the fundamentals of how do you price your project if you're doing NFTs? Should you do one of one NFTs? Should you do 10,000 NFTs? What are the other competitors doing in the market? What are the trends? Because obviously NFT um, projects, it follows the crypto trends. Yeah. If crypto goes into the bear market, so does the NFT market. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots of exciting things there. No, and it, it sounds very exciting to us as well, um, particularly if you look at a lot of people have been seeing whether it's metaverse or NFT as a marketing opportunity. But now as the time passes by, it shows that these are the true utilities that can be built. You might have heard about Etihad Airways, which recently launched NFTs, right? They created um, probably 1000 NFTs of their Dreamliners, right? And what they did, they added a benefit for the buyers of this NFT. First of all, they made sure that people can buy it through the fiat currency. So they didn't need to have, you know, Ethereum or any of these Bitcoins, etc. or cryptocurrency coins to be part of their wallet or buying strategy. Second, they also gave benefits. They gave some premium tier to their buyers, right? So if you buy this NFT for about 300 or so or 400 or so dollars, um, you also get an extension or elevation to a next year in the Etihad, what you call loyalty structure or something like that, which gives you some added benefits. And so that's one piece of it where brands are using NFTs to attract customers and give them additional benefits. But there are also examples of a footwear company which partnered with eBay to use NFT for uh, attacking the counterfeited sales on the platform. So there were companies who were just saying that I don't recall the name, it's Adidas or Nike or whosoever they are. They said that while the stamp was of Adidas, for example, but the shoe was actually not of Adidas. It was a some counterfeit product. Someone just built and sold it. 
and using nfts now they were able to track not just the brand ebay as well as the end consumer was able to tag if it if this is the actual product or the product that i purchased which was shipped from the factory where it was built to the you know to my home or my location so these are also very interesting use cases and i completely believe that with the combination of nft web 3.0 and metaverse it's a wow wow combination that we see i i sometimes feel that it's not web 3.0 it's it's nwm which is an nft web 3.0 and metaverse which actually is creating powered by blockchain i mean what your thoughts are on this oh yeah i mean i think supply chains of authenticity of goods is an amazing uh, use case to, to make sure that you're not getting counterfeit goods so yeah that will be a big trend i think in the future um you know if you you know, and I love the way that you can combine um, physical and digital items. So if you want your genuine Adidas trainers to put on your actual feet in real life, um, that might cost you $100. But you can also pay an extra $50 and get the, the digital NFT pair of trainers so that your avatar can be in the metaverse with the same fashion and styling. And um, so so many different things and brands like Adidas and Nike, they're doing kind of clever things. You can buy an NFT uh, in a box, you know, you know, a digital box, and you can either open it up and, you know, own that, claim that wearable, or you can hold on to the unopened box to get next season's fashionable wearable. And there's a bit of a gamification going on because you think, well, do I like this year's hoodie or will next season's hoodie be even more trendy? And what would be worth more money if I wanted to sell the, the digital clothing item? Oh, there's just such a world out there. Um, I mean, I think like NFTs and, and the metaverse, it's a match made in heaven. It's our <laughs> physical and digital lives are converging. I mean, it is possible to wander through the metaverse without owning any digital assets. But I think it's fun. To, you can buy plots of land. You can build on it. I have a, an art gallery, an NFT art gallery in the spatial mm -hmm. metaverse because I've, I've got over 200 NFTs. I stopped counting when I got to 200 and I wanted to display them somewhere because they're on different blockchains different wallets, I bought them on different NFT marketplaces. So if anybody says to me, where's your collection? I've got a huge list of wallet addresses. And I thought, I'll put all my favorite NFTs into a gallery in the metaverse and anybody can wander in. And, and it's just really good fun. And, you know, and people could uh, click on an NFT, see what marketplace it's available on, where they can buy it. So it's great retail opportunities for any brands who want yeah. to sell their products in the metaverse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's so exciting. Thank you so much, Sharmin, for sharing your insights with us. You know, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners would be very interested in knowing what Etaverse can bring on tables. So also, thank you for sharing these insights and, you know, uh, about what you kind of work that you and your co-founder is doing. So with that, thank you so much for your time and I look forward to see you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye. sweet guys.